This is a HeadGum Podcast. If there's something preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Conveniently connect in a safe and private online environment, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling, and you can send a message to your counselor anytime. Um, Now, uh, normally for these ads, we like to bring in the Butterman from Pearl Jam's song, Can't Find the Butterman, whose site, BetterHelp.com, will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional dairy pissed. Uh, But he's asked me to take this time to really flesh out the character we've developed for Butterman's arch nemesis, mean Mr. Margarine, uh, which we haven't been able to get to work over the last few spots. uh, So we can kind of do a a story arc reboot next time and and really get this thing going. So I'm going to use the copy I have in front of me as a jumping off point, and then we'll see where we are. Okay, so with BetterHelp, you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Great. Um, So that makes me think that one of mean Mr. Margarine's traits is that he is neither timely nor thoughtful, and you can't schedule weekly sessions with him. Uh, With mean Mr. Margarine, a session will just diabolically appear on your calendar when you thought you had a free day to binge watch the Great British Bake Off. Okay. With BetterHelp, you never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. And that's... That's actually what Mean Mr. Margarine's evil castle looks like when he captures you. It's a waiting room, and the only magazine they have is Margarine Weekly. And if you read too much of it, it exacerbates any existing problems you have with depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, or self-esteem. BetterHelp, of course, has licensed professional counselors who are specialized in these matters, and anything you share is confidential. With Mean Mr. Margarine... Everything you share is confidential, too, actually. So that is a point of similarity. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and affordable. And mean Mr. Margarine has a convenient, professional, and affordable radiation device that he's going to use to turn the moon into a spreadable oil-based emulsion, which will eventually cause the planet to spin out of orbit and freeze, bringing about the untimely end of everything we've ever known. Okay, I think we're really getting somewhere now. Um, So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com slash babysitters. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash babysitters. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book. What became a call? Now it's time for Babysitter's Club. Take two. Take two. Should we break the bad news to the Baby Nation or just skip over it? Bad news, Baby Nation. Jack and I recorded what I think has to be one hour and 26 minutes of some of the finest audio ever captured the greatest on thursday evening Mm -hmm. discussing a babysitter's club book babysitter's club number 10 let's say four okay let's not get hung up on the numbers abby's twin Mm -hmm. and it was beautiful we laughed we cried Mm -hmm. the pulitzer committee 
emailed us from Oslo, Norway, and they said, boys, we heard about the record. Getting that email from the fucking Pulitzer Committee and having to tell them what we're about to tell you was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. President Barack Obama called Ugh. us and said, guys, I want to give you the Presidential Medal of Honor. And we said, sir, aren't you, aren't you no longer president? And he says, yeah, but for this, it still counts. Yeah. And we said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. And he was like, just send me and Michelle a crisp, clean audio file where both of your voices sound good and we can hear the entire conversation and we'll ship yep. that Medal of Honor right over to you. Yep. Um, and then... And then uh, it turns out that my uh, recorder was broken the whole time. Yeah. So we thought actually pretty seriously about just releasing an episode that's only me talking and you could fill in the gaps, Baby Nation. It honestly wouldn't be that much different from what we had. Uh, But the board... Barack wouldn't let us. (laughs) The board at the Nobel... Wait, did I say Pulitzer earlier is in Norway? You did. Because I think I meant the Nobel committee. I think so too. But they both called us. Yeah. Both it, the Pulitzer Committee and the Nobel Committee. Which is why it's confusing. Right. Um, but I do have some good news. Uh, I have some good news, too. Okay, cool. I was going to... And it's that we get to do this all right. over again, huh? Yeah. I, when I say I do have some good news... I love talking about it once, and here we go again. We're just Wh- going to talk about it again. Abby? Anna? Yeah. Scoliosis? Sure. The reason I said I do have some good news, Tanner, Put me is in, coach. Okay, is because I wanted to share it with you. You save the audio. We don't have to do this. You save the audio. <laughs> it's not that good, but it's pretty good. I was able to cobble together from memory a script of basically how most of the episode went down. So we're just going to recite yeah. your script. Do you remember the jokes and kind of, did you do you have like beats and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I got the whole fucking thing, man. All right. So I've just sent you a Google Doc. I hope it's you. Yeah, I sent you a Google Doc. Okay, I've got it. Okay, so you got the doc, and we can just read off of this and basically recreate what happened in that lost episode. It'll be seamless. Okay, and okay. this is this is this is from memory. This is an hour and a half of audio. It's uh, I didn't time it out, but it's a good portion of the episode. All right, you ready? Okay. <clears throat> good evening. So you just want me to read the parts, and so am I playing Jack or Tanner? I think you should play Tanner. Okay, that's up to you. But I'll do that. I'll okay. I'll be Tanner. Okay. Great. I'm going to be Jack. Okay. But don't read the name. The name is a cue for you. Okay. I'll start. Good evening, Tanner. Good evening, Tanner. No, you're reading my part. Sorry, 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 sorry. I, I just got, I got caught up. Okay. Good evening, Tanner. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I think you mean I'm well. <laughs> uh, of course. Uh, sorry. Do you want me to, should I improv at all or just do right as the line? You can improv a very little bit, but try to stick to the spirit of the Because my line here is, oh, yes, of course, but yeah. I don't think that's anything ta- the character Tanner would ever say. Okay. It's okay to take out the, oh, yes, but don't make massive changes to the text. Should we, t- we'll take it from, okay. I think you mean I'm well. Okay. I think you mean I'm well. Uh, yeah, of course. I always appreciate when you correct me because it helps me be a better person. And God knows you need the improvement. <laughs> I just, I don't really think, can I, is, are you, is, are, are you open to notes? I, I guess, but. It just doesn't seem like that's something Tanner would say. What? He's, he tends to be a little more combative than that. I've got some parts in here where you, where you're a little combative, where you push back. Okay. And we can add some stuff later. But can we just do, 
Yep, yep, yep. Look, I've given you a note for the next your next line after I say wistfully. God knows you need the improvement, which says wistfully. I'd appreciate it if you read it wistfully. If you want to tr- try to add some, got it. S- put some spin on the ball. That's okay. But let's take it from and God knows you need the improvement. Okay. And when I finish saying that, if you could do a little laugh, a little chuckle. Okay. okay. And God knows you need the improvement. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly do, Jack. I certainly do. Hey, now that we've dispensed with the short. Hey, now that we've dispensed with a short but appropriate amount of banter, I was wondering whether you'd do me the immense favor of introducing us and our life's work, this podcast, to the listening audience, whilst I sit quietly and listen attentively. I'd be delighted. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 We say it to get the Jack and Tanner. Yeah, you nailed it. A podcast. Yeah. Okay. I would do, if I was a screenwriter, I would do Jack, brackets, simultaneously tanner bracket simultaneously okay well you got it though club yep a podcast should we take it from club together yep okay club club okay let together one two well i'll count to three and then i'll cut that out one two three club club okay it's the delay okay. i'm i'm hitting it the exact same moment okay, as you good a podcast wherein i jack shepherd and i tanner green ring talk now, about <laughs> yep i that doesn't seem like a natural read to me what do you mean? And I, Tanner Greenring? I say I, Jack Shepard, and you say and I, Tanner Greenring. It's a perfect parallel construction. It just doesn't feel natural. Trust me, any any screenwriter will tell you that that is a perfect parallel construction, and it mimics how and a normal I'm conversation done. would go. Can we take it from a podcast wherein I, Jack Shepard? Okay, fine. But and you remember your line, then don't improvise it. A podcast... Yep. Okay, ready? Yep. A podcast wherein I, Jack Shepard... And I'm Tanner Greenring. <laughs> no! That just sounds so much better. Just, it just sounds so much better. I spent a lot of time on the script, and I'm doing it from memory, and we're trying to recreate this very important episode. If you could just stick to the script for this part, you can... Okay. Okay? Let's take, yeah. it, let's take it from club, where we say it together. It's okay. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. Club. Club. A podcast wherein I, Jack Shepard... And I'm Tanner Greenring. Okay. You want to just take one more run at it? I thought that one was a pretty clean take. Let's just do one more. We'll take it from. Do you want to take it from club? No, because it's too hard to hit it simultaneously. Okay, ready? Just say like a podcast wherein I Jack Shepard. One, two, three. Club. Club. A podcast wherein I Jack Shepard and I Tanner Greenring talk about the classic novels of the Princess of the Prince of Town, Saint Annabel Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bats. First of her name, last of her kind, and last hope for humankind well said this week we talked about a little book called abby's twin and boy was it a good one how about we dive right into the text this one reminded me of william shakespeare but i'm not exactly sure how (laughs) mayhap you could enlighten me well, Tanner, normally I'd like to do the descriptions of the book first, but since you've brought up The Bard, perhaps I can indulge you just this once. As you know, Tanner, this book is set in the depths of winter, and begins with a discussion of that very season. It is also a novel about a character who is suffering from scoliosis. Can I ask a read note here? Okay. Just a... Yeah. When you have OMG, do you want me to say OMG or oh my god? That's the part I put in that was like specifically designed it was like trying to capture your rhythms of speech i feel like it would be very natural this is me trying to inhabit your character okay so i'm surprised that you didn't know how to read it's like millennial talk. take it from it is also a novel okay 
It is also a novel about a character who is suffering from scoliosis. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Didn't King Richard I I I suffer from scoliosis? It's that's supposed to be King Richard the third. Oh, it's, it's spelled you've misspelled the third. You've just written three uppercase I's. Okay, that's how you, can you just say the third? Can you say can we the take, third. Okay, let's start. We'll start from It is a Novel. Uh, okay? Okay, yep. It is also a novel about a character who is suffering from scoliosis. Oh my God, didn't Richard <laughs> III suffer from scoliosis? Can, can you say, King? didn't King Richard the third? The, the third. third. Yeah, he's the third Richard. Well, can you edit the doc? It's just like, just. It, oh my God, didn't King Richard the third? The third. Right. I, I, I. He's the third suffer Richard. Suffer from scoliosis. Okay, there's Richard Coeur de Leon, and then there's Richard II, who's kind of a weak king, and then you have Richard III, which is what Richard III is based on. I'm going to take it from It is also a novel. Okay? Mm. It is also a novel about a character who is suffering from scoliosis. Oh my God! <laughs> Didn't King Richard III suffer from scoliosis? He did indeed, Tanner. And... <laughs> Didn't he famously say, Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by this son of York, and all the clouds that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. He certainly did. Wow, and that was some truly potent resonance with this text, which also delves into themes of jealous siblings, megalomania, and the power of language. You took the words right out of my mouth. And then you've got a little smiley. Yeah, that's... So it's like you're saying, like, say this with sort of a smile. It's a note to me. hear the smile on your voice. It's a note to me to remind me that you will be able to hear, as we say in the audio business, the fact that I am smiling while I'm saying it. I'm going to take it from yeah, that again. Take it again, and I really want to hear that smile. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> He's really smiling. It's <laughs> creeping me out. I certainly did. Thanks for indulging me. Now may I ask you one final favor? Will you weave a web of words for me and describe this book for me in a way only you can? And when you've finished enthralling us with your description, if you could put 60 seconds on that big bad clock that I just know you have hidden about your person, I'll return the favor, and then we can delve some more into this fascinating text. Thank you, Tanner. That's... All I don't I, remember. That's first of all. It seems like you really just captured the intro. And <laughs> second of all, I don't remember a lot of that happening. I don't remember quoting Richard the Third. I don't even remember talking about Richard the Third. I'm pretty sure we got here in about 15 minutes, and I think it took us about 30 to get to the book recaps during mm-hmm. the the initial record. Look. I just want to make sure we're capturing, it was such a good episode, I want to make sure we're capturing as much of that essence as possible. And this feels a little false. I will admit that this is an approximation based on my memory, but it's very, very close to what happened. I guess we're going to have to start ad-libbing because I don't have any more script. Okay. But it's got us to this great place, and if you'll remember from the script, you've just asked me to do my description of the book uh, and promise to listen in rapt attention, and then you've asked... Someone in the audience could just throw out, like, a place. No, I'm not sure that's what's happening. I heard Taco Bell. Okay. <laughs> so we're... This isn't a Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> remember, you can only answer in questions, Jack. Okay? So. <clears throat> bing, bing. 
Who's at the door? Um, sorry. <laughs> Who are you? You just walked into my Taco Bell. <laughs> Why is the bell ringing? That's <laughs> just the doorbell. It it rings every time someone walks in. In case we're in back preparing enchiladas. Is there a doorbell in Taco Bell? There isn't this one. Uh, and scene. <laughs> <laughs> that really got me in the mood for my description. Okay. May I describe this novel, please, sir? Yeah, I suppose. I feel like this is going to be the the world's shortest episode. We're getting to the first book description in 18 minutes. <laughs> it's actually taken <laughs> about as long as normal, despite my best efforts. Tanner, I would like to describe this novel, Abby's Twin, for the second time, but the first time on Capturable Audio. Actually, your audio came through just fine. It was just mine. We'll release it as a special episode. This one's for you, Barack Obama. (laughs) And Michelle. And Michelle. And the Nobel Prize Committee. And the Pulitzer Committee. God, I hope they haven't awarded that Pulitzer to somebody else in the They did. They gave it to Mark Maron. Ah, fucking hell. That dude doesn't need any more fucking awards. No. They said they were ready to give it to you, but we got to give it to someone else in podcasting. Ugh. I bet he never loses an interview. I bet he loses them all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Peril of the business, Baby Nation, and Tanner, I'm going to describe this novel, Abby's Twin, for you, and for your delectation and the delectation of your ear holes mm. right now. My ear holes delight in your vibrations. Thank you. I'm going to begin now. Anna and Abby Stevenson are identical twins. But the similarities end there. Anna is quiet and reserved, while Abby craves attention and adulation from everyone around her. Anna likes to observe the world, to learn from its infinite variety, while Abby prefers to dominate, to take what she can get and use it for her own advancement. And unlike her sister, Anna suffers from scoliosis, an affliction she is learning to live with as she navigates the vicissitudes of a new school with new friends and a new life in the sleepy town of Stony Brook, Connecticut. But lately, despite their differences, Abby and Anna are starting to look more and more alike. Abby has started cutting her hair to exactly match her sister's. She started filling Anna's wardrobe with clothes that are identical to her own, and under the guise of protecting Anna from injuries, She's even begun preventing her from playing with the other children, almost as if she's trying to erase her whole identity. Unlike her sister, Abby Stevenson doesn't have a twisted spine. But her mind? Well, that's a different story. Abby's twin. That was the same recap as last time. Yeah. I remember it. Do you? Yeah. (laughs) My memory is that you weren't paying attention last time. I was barely paying attention this time, but I remember some of the uh, notes still came through. Some of the witticisms and turns of phrase? Uh, That's generous, but yeah. So you just, you get to just do the thing you did last time. Yeah, and same for you. I'm going to put 60 seconds on a big bad clock, and you can just repeat your description from last time of exactly what happens in this novel, Abby's Twin. I don't remember what happened. <laughs> As you know, I don't write anything down. Mm-hmm. So I just have to guess. Maybe you could have refreshed your memory while I was writing out the entire script of everything that happened during our last record to make it more easy for us to get to this point. I was playing Zelda. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
well. I don't have time. <laughs> that game's been out for like a year. I'm replaying it. <laughs> okay. I'm playing it again. Tanner, I would like for you to describe this novel. Do you need a minute to collect yourself? No, I remember the main plot points. Okay. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have here. And during those 60 seconds, I would like for you to describe everything that happens in this novel again. Are you ready, sir? Aye. I'm going to begin now. Uh, In this book, Abby goes to the school nurse to get her uh, vitals checked, as does everyone at Stony Brook Middle School. And it turns out that she's got curvature on her spine they're worried it's scoliosis so she she and anna both have this so they go to a fancy doctor in new york city uh abby's curvature is fine but anna's is bad and she has scoliosis uh er, early stage scoliosis and needs a soft brace to straighten her back uh abby is worried about her and becomes overbearing and wants to like live her experience alongside of her and then drives everyone insane meanwhile um christy has an idea to do something called the fall into winter festival or something like that um except it's uh not snowing so they think they're gonna have to cancel at the last second but then it snows and everything is fine um and abby and anna kind of like hash it out and decide that um even though they are different they still remain twins and still love one another and time that was amazing I know, you get two runs at it, and you can really bang out the whole thing. You fucking killed it. Yeah, that was the whole plot of the book. That was everything. It wasn't the most gripping book we've ever read, but I'm still impressed that I managed to get it all in. Yeah. I want to start off where you left off with this uh, this winter festival, but first, I would be remiss if I didn't say, I'm a Suzanne man. Oh, are you? Yeah. I'm a Waniac. Really? Uh, hmm. It's occurring to me, so the Baby Nation, when we record this podcast, we um, have beers, mm-hmm. both because it's a nice, relaxing thing to do in the evening, and because it lowers our inhibitions and allows us to laugh and joke a little easier, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and a side effect of that is I often don't remember a lot of what we talk about. <laughs> And a, a screw just dislodged in my head. And I recall that last time we did this, we discussed Suzanne Wayne's husband for <laughs> quite some time. What? Do you remember? It's ringing a bell. We were talking about how we're Waniacs, and oh, we... you said that Suzanne is probably the chief Waniac, and yeah. I said... It's pro- probably her mom or her husband are the chief Waniacs. Uh-huh. And then we tried to find her husband for about 20 minutes on Google. That's creepy. Did we find yeah. him? <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, so, I'm a Suzanne man. You're a Waniac. We are both... Insane, insane in the, the membrane. Suzanne in the boine. Got no boine. I'm, I don't know how it goes. Um, but yeah, we're look, we're not the chief Waniacs. That's reserved for Suzanne's mysterious husband. He's the chief of the Waniac Mr. cult. Wayne. Mr. Waniac himself. Um, he lives in the shadows where he is undetectable even to hackers and internet sleuths uh, like yours truly and his co-host, Tanner Greenery. Bouts of Wania? Oh, yeah. Um, now is the... Wainter of our discontent. 
Well, there's a lot of uh, Richard III resonance in this novel, as you pointed out, Tanner. Uh-huh. <laughs> I recall pointing that out and definitely um, picking up on it when I was reading the text. Yeah. Um, he is known to have suffered from scoliosis, as does Anna in this book. Abby's not a scoliosis sufferer. She just has a slightly curvy spine. Right, but it's not within the uh, degree that is required for action. Just in case there's any uh, spine doctors out there who are interested in the specifics, yeah. um, Abby is a 14-degree curvature, mm-hmm. which falls under the 20-degree threshold. And Anna's is a 25-degree curvature. Wow, you sound a lot like Dr. Linda Gray. (laughs) Mrs. Gray will see you now. (laughs) Baby Nation, Alan Gray's mom is in this book. The novel is dedicated this week to Dr. Linda Gray. Alan's mom. uh, For her sensitive evaluation of this text. Tanner, I was going to talk about Christy's great idea to have a winter festival. Okay. And I was going to remind you and the Baby Nation that what the fuck christy we literally just had the The biggest fall into fall fiasco in babysitters club history entitled christy's worst idea that's to give you a sense of how bad this fucking idea was where christy has an idea where she's like fall into fall it's a festival for fall and then this week we're four books later five books total in the darkest timeline which i think we're going to get into And she's already got an idea for a winter festival. That's her fucking brilliant idea. Here's what she says. Here's the idea I didn't have time to talk to you about last meeting. I've been noticing that the kids I've been sitting for seem really bored lately. Winter is just dragging on and on. What would you think of having a winter carnival? I don't know, Christy, maybe the same thing we thought about your fucking Fall into Fall Festival, which almost destroyed our entire club and sent us spiraling into the dark timeline of the Babysitter's Club books. You mentioned the dark timeline, and Baby Nation, if if you're not caught up and you've decided to skip a number of episodes, um, starting in book number uh, 100, the timeline reset, and we're in a new universe, the dark universe, the mirror universe, where everyone works at counter goals to their Bright Universe MO. Uh-huh. Uh, so Christy in the Bright Universe, named after the Netflix original movie Bright, starring Will Smith and Joel Egerton. Okay. I feel like uh, we haven't necessarily agreed on that. You're just kind of running with that. We talked about it during the first record. Well, that record only exists in our dark timeline. Okay, Baby Nation, to t- set the scene here... Um, there's a Netflix original movie called okay. Bright, starring Will Smith and Joel Egerton, and what it, it... I think people know... The premise of the f- the film is that Let it's me stop you. Um, LAPD, but it's a world of fantasy, and there are orcs and humans living together, and elves, and it's kind of a crime procedural that takes place in sort of modern-day Los Angeles, but there's f- fantasy elements. That is the Bright universe. Can I stop That is you? counter to the Dark universe, which is what we're in now, where Christy only has... Bad ideas. May I weigh in? Yes. I think everything that you have said is a great description of this complicated and difficult thing for people to understand, with the exception that it has nothing to do with The Bright Universe, which is a dumb movie on Netflix starring Will Smith. We call it The Bright Universe because it is in contrast to what we know is the dark timeline. And, Baby Nation, the dark timeline begins with the novel Christie's Worst Idea, book number 100, you would think right. that these right, books right, right. 
progress in a linear fashion, beginning with Christie's nope. great idea and ending with book number 132, The Fire at Marianne's House. But in fact, the bright timeline... They go from book number one, Christie's great idea, to Stacy's... Broken heart. Broken heart. Book number one to 99 all take place in the Bright, the bright Universe, the Netflix original movie okay. with centaurs and elves and, and orcs and humans. Okay, except together. that it doesn't have anything to do with that. But yes. And then, and then from book 100 on, it's the Mirror Universe. Right, and the Mirror no Universe. No Will Smith, no Joel Egerton. Okay, let's... No we, elves. Can we get off of... Bright? No orcs. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it. Did you like it? Uh, no. Okay. I thought it was fine. Great. Let's get off of that because I feel like... A little like... heavy-handed. Did you watch it? I didn't, and... Oh, you know. Oh, you should watch it. You would like it. Thanks for the recommendation. I just had a thought. We're explaining a very complicated thing, and adding a reference to this Netflix movie that nobody liked is adding a layer of complexity that I think. Is well, should I explain good. the movie? No, I just no. I think talking about because now the... I feel like I've I've led people oh. down like a, a bad path, and I feel like I should explain the movie no. so they know what the movie is. No, I, I so think... that they can understand what the bright universe is. I think though. you have led people down a bad path. I think Baby Nation. <laughs> okay, so here's the premise no. of the movie. <laughs> No, I think the movie is a red herring. The movie is confusing. Let's not talk about the movie at all. Okay. Okay. This is We're just going to assume people have seen it. We'll assume people have seen it. Okay. Think about these books as going from 1 to 99. First book is Christie's Great Idea. But then it flips on itself. It's a mirror, and they start again. Mm. And the first book, which is contemporaneous but in a different universe, a dark universe, the first book of the series, again, is Christie's worst idea in this universe it's christie's worst idea and i feel like we're all going to drive ourselves insane if we try to track this one-to-one but it does loosely track one-to-one with the original bright universe starring will smith and joel egerton okay series of books okay fine but as with any multiverse as with any sort of like diverging timelines some things are going to be different it's not going to track one-to-one Christy has bad ideas now. Stacy is single. Claudia is in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Dawn is back in California. Right. Jackie has lost his ability to blip through time. Right. There's a whole lot of issues that come with being in the dark mirror universe. Oh, and I've got another one. I've got a big one. Let me read you a passage. Tanner, something that came up in this book yep. that proves beyond the shadow of a doubt that we are in a dark alternate universe. Listen to this. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Let's take a break. You want to take a break? Yeah. I was just about to <laughs> now say- Now that we've introduced, now that we've ramped up into this, okay. and we're like, got a f- head of steam on us. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's quickly take a let's break. Let's ramp down. Let's take, quickly take a break so I can grab a new beer and so I can go pee. Okay. And grab a new LaCroix. Okay. He's showing me his LaCroix. And then we'll come back. We'll, we'll have the same energy. We'll be up. We'll be ready to go yeah, right that, into that's this. That's how that works, because I was just getting- ra- You wait until I was getting ramped up. Okay, fine. We'll take a break on one condition. I'm going to quickly read the plot synopsis to Bright, just so I have it in my head. No, let's get that out of your head. I can speak with authority about it. We'll take a break on one condition. On two conditions. First condition. Yeah. We don't talk about Bright anymore. Second condition. You say goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye. Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the 
Jack's, Jack's jerks, jumping jerks, Jack's jumping jerks, and Tanner's tiny, tiny ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time, um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. I'm really, I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're now back. But I'm, now I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so one of my experiences playing the game that I really enjoy is um, I really like picking which fiends to use and oh, upgrading them that. and c- building a crack team as I go through the levels. My favorite is Mordecai. Okay, that's not one. It's my favorite fiend. What level are you on, Jack? I am somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yourself? Seven D thousand. Well, okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates 000. all the time, so you can keep at playing least as 70, much as you 000. want. Yes. So yep. that's what level I'm on, and w- I am having a fun with it. It's me. It's Mordecai. Yeah. It's um, okay. That's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. It's but, and, you haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge-worthy, and it's like, it's bite-sized. You can just play, like, a little bit for, like, 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge-worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, Only at night. Okay, perfect. I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started. I I really want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I do love the game. It's very fun, and we yeah. were competing, but I have so many phone problems. Is it possible that you're f- holding your phone upside down? Tried that. Yeah. Okay. You know you can hold your phone sideways, too? Yeah. <laughs> And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends, and I just I, this is not their fault. I can tell you this is not their fault. And the phone. game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh, there's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy shit. That's friends without the R. Best this thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. <laughs> You're back, Tanner. All right, Jack. Whew. That was, uh, was a good break, good. but I feel like... We maintain that energy throughout. I'm still okay. feeling good. I'm still feeling energized. I feel like I'm really amped up and ready to hear about what you have to say about the Netflix original film, Bright, starring Will Smith, Joel Egerton. Take it away. I didn't see it. Why did we take a break then? <laughs> I just We just took an hour and a half long break so that you could have time to go watch the film. You took a break, and as a condition for you being allowed to take a break you promised me you wouldn't bring up the film at all we're not interested in talking about the movie 
I guess I don't understand why we call it the Bright Universe and the Dark Universe if if it's not connected to the film Bright starring Will Smith and Joel Egerton, now available on Netflix. <laughs> what, what if we call it the Light Universe? Light. Light. So it's like a universe made out of, like, what, it's less heavy than our universe, Jack? No, like, it's light. Like So does side. that make the one they're in now the heavy universe, Jack? No, it's See how confusing it is? Okay. All right, well, we'll call it the Bright Universe then. Okay. Okay. You had something you wanted to say about- It wasn't about that. What about right. you let me say what it is? Okay. I okay. Just, I was reminding you what okay, you great. were now, ramping up into. This is, this is a great fucking energy now. Do, do you see why I didn't want to take a break? Because I was in a good mood, and I was ramping up to something that I was really interested to share with you. They find a wand that lets you reshape- I don't want to talk about the movie. I just don't get why you don't want to talk about it. It's right up your alley. Okay, let me take another run at this, and I'm gonna try to. Okay. I'm gonna try. Okay, I'm gonna here. You see how what I'm doing here? You see what He's I'm doing? He's got a smile. Here? You hear the smile in his voice, baby can nation? You, see, you can see it. You can I'm see. I'm gonna it. smile too. Okay. All right. Well, let's smile while we talk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's gonna bring the energy back. That's right? gonna bring the energy back. You can. You can feel it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Tanner, what I wanted to talk to you about, and that what I was so excited to talk about when you brought up the, the fucking. Actually, no, it's a kind of a rictus. Hang on. <laughs> I, like, sometimes if you do a laugh. <laughs> when you brought up the Bright movie, which has nothing to do with anything, yeah. but that was okay because we're right. good friends. Uh-huh. Um, what I was excited to talk about, what I'm excited to talk about now. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is this is something that would not have happened in the other universe. This is something that could only happen in the darkest timeline. Listen to me, Tanner. I'm going to read you this passage. Okay. As she spoke, a small blue truck with a bright yellow snowplow at its front came barreling around the corner, the snow chains on its thick, oversized tires thunking loudly. It turned into Mrs. Porter's drive. She lives in the house between Christie's and mine. The driver lowered the plow blade and began pushing away the snow tanner i'm sorry why couldn't that happen in the main universe mrs porter doesn't exist in the main universe <gasps> oh mrs porter mrs porter in the main universe is a witch known as morbida destiny and tanner this ties into something that you suggested dozens of episodes ago and that i I'll, I will be the first to admit, poo-pooed and dismissed, which is the idea that Morbid of Destiny is... Is a Snape-like character. Right. A Snape-like she is, character. She, she may be a witch, right? but she is not evil. Her intentions are good and pure, and she exists to watch over and provide good magics right. for the girls of Stony Brook. Right. And it would follow that in this alternate dark universe that we have entered morbid a destiny is just plain old mrs porter here as described in this text well here's what i'm worried about is if mrs porter is morbid a destiny in the bright timeline and she is a good witch looking out for the girls mm -hmm. what does that make her in the dark timeline are her intentions here less pure she's probably evil but the question is, does she still have access to her magics? 
if you're Snape, and I feel like I should pause to gloss this for the baby nation. Snape is a character from the hit. Oh, we can talk season. about Harry Potter, but we can't talk about fucking Bright. The Netflix original film, Bright? I'm explaining I what it is. I tried to explain what Bright was. Well, you and fucking you shot, did you kept, it. Sh- kept cutting me off and shooting me down. I cut you off after like 10 fucking minutes. People can just watch it if they want. People can just I'm read just, Harry Potter if they want. Okay, fine. But I'm just glossing for people who don't know that Snape is a character from Harry Potter, which is a series of books by J.K. Simmons. Rowling. Right. Wait, Simmons? It's the same. All I know is it's the same person. It's the mean man. Right. From Mean Man Teaches Boy Drums. Right. I'm not sure where I pulled the name Rowling out of. That's yeah. nonsense. Yes. These books were written by Mean Man from Mean Man Teaches Boy Drums, J.K. Right. Simmons. Yes. So if you've seen the movie Mean Man Teaches Boy Drums, right. you will get a sense of what this person is capable of. Getting the best out of people through... Right aggressive and upsetting means right which is the same thing that the character snape does in the harry potter series to whom harry potter okay got it does the harry potter books take place in the same universe as the bright films they could and here's my here's my argument why (laughs) i don't think they do but i'm interested to hear I feel like we're going to need a whole other episode just to cover that. So let's not get into it right now. I can explain it off mic. Good. All right. So let's pull back. So my thought is just the following. If Morbid of Destiny has some powers that can counteract the evil forces that are descending on Stony Brook in the bright timeline, Mm. the fact that Morbida is stripped of her powers is in and of itself something terrifying and troubling here in the dark time. I'm not sure why you think Morbid is stripped of her powers. If her name is Mrs. Porter here, that's a human name and not a witch name. What's the etymology of Porter? It's from the Latin portare, which means to carry. So it's someone who carries. Carries a dark secret? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's like the Jesus feet on the beach thing. She's carrying these girls. What was Giles called in Buffy? The Watcher. She's still a Watcher. Right. But now she's... The difference between Bright Universe, Morbid Destiny, and Dark Universe, Miss Porter, may just be that one has access to magic and one doesn't. I think that follows. All right, so the jury, as always, is still out on whether Christie's next-door neighbor is good or bad, but we are agreed that we're in... Okay, well, I said the jury's still out. Your jury's still out. My jury has come to a verdict. Good. Okay. Good. Abby, this Stevenson. week. Stevenson. Abby Stevenson uh, is overbearing. Great note. Let's move on. <laughs> I just thought it would be useful to delve a little bit more into this text. Abby's a little overbearing this week. Abby is a bad... This is, and this is the dark universe. We discovered a couple books ago, in, in Christie's worst idea, that Abby was the impetus behind... The club breaking up. Right. So ever since we've entered into this dark timeline, Abby has become this presence of chaos. Right. Anna is the one who has to wear a brace uh, because of her scoliosis and seems basically fine with it. 
It's going to keep her back straight while she's playing violin, which is all she wants to do in the world. It's the world. only thing she really cares about, and she's fine with it. Abby just goes off the fucking deep end. She gets a loan from her mother to go to the store and buy a bunch of clothes for Ath- Athleisure. Is that what they call it? Athleisure? Athleisure. And she buys her a bunch of athleisure wear, which if you guys know Anna and Abby as well as Tanner and I do... You'll know that Abby likes athleisure wear, but Anna's not going to want to wear that shit. No. And then Abby also cuts her hair to be exactly the same as Anna's. Right. Which is like creepy. Chin length. She's worried in this way that speaks of a deep megalomania that because Anna has a slightly different curve of her spine, that they will no longer be twins. Right. While we're talking about Abby Tanner, I was thinking maybe we could roll into a hit segment that we introduced and then just kind of abandoned. Um, okay. It's called... <laughs> Abby's tight 20. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> uh, is that the segment you were talking about? Yeah. Um, Abby is, a, is quite a comedienne. Uh, and she's always working on, uh, as we say in the comedy business, uh, her tight 20. Did you catch a good Abby moment this week, Tanner? No. Okay, great. Did you not read this particular passage that I'm about to read to you? <laughs> Sir? I'm sure I did. I'm sure I just don't remember because we read this book a week ago and lost an episode! Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that this is taking so long? I asked anxiously. I mean... If there was nothing really interesting to see, he would be here by now, wouldn't he? Just talking about the scoliosis doctor. Maybe not, though. Maybe our bones are so boring he fell asleep. That's funny. Tanner, that's already funny. Maybe our bones are so boring he fell asleep. That's funny. Okay. If he doesn't come in soon, I'm paging him. I got up and lifted the receiver of his desk phone. Hello, doctor. I spoke into the phone in my best Groucho Marx voice. Where are you? I got two girls with crooked backs. They look like the Twin Towers of Pisa. Come quick. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was funny and I hated it, but seeing how tickled, seeing how genuinely tickled you were by it. <laughs> you didn't like that? No, it was so dumb. You were so tickled by it. <laughs> Good. All right. Great. Awesome. Uh, while we're here, I don't, so I didn't capture an Abby's tight 20. But while we're here, there is something I did capture that I guess could technically count as an Abby's tight 20. Okay. But it's really my. Here's where it gets complicated, Jack. Yeah. Because um, it's actually also my... <gasps> so, triple. I've got a triple here. Okay. Tanner steps up to bat. Right. He grabs that old piece of hickory pine. Mm-hmm. That old slapping ball comes whizzing down the, the speedway. Hang on, hang on. I just want to get there. Do you do that thing where you put your hand up against your brow and look off into the middle distance and then point like you're going to No. You're going to No, why not? Cuz I'm not aiming for a home run. I'm aiming for a triple. <laughs> so what how do you signal that? I just go up there I stoically. I'm like, 
I'm not going to, you're going to be impressed by this, but not like blown away. I feel like that's how you approach most things, right? Yeah. Do you do like a, a few practice swings? Do you limber up the arms? What? Yep, yep, yep. I tap the bat on my cleats just to make sure my cleats are clean. Mm-hmm. I give the catcher behind me. Mm-hmm. He's on the other team, but like I consider us friends. I give him a little like little nod. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I step up to that big dirty mound. Okay. Uh, the big home white home. Okay, that's a weird way of saying it, but yep. And then I uh, I grab that old piece of hickory stick. Mm-hmm. And I uh, look look at the the throwing boy down there at the end of the alley. I think it's throw boy. Throw boy down there at the end of the alley, and he sends his uh, his hurting piece of leather. Well, wait, 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 hang on. What do you do with the chaw that's in your mouth? You just keep it in there. Swallow it. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna need that energy for running these bases. (laughs) Swallow all of the chaw. Yeah, the whole thing, the whole plug. Yep. Yeah. And I wait for that. I wait for that sweet stitch, sweet stitch leather to come flying down the. Well, hang on, gangplank. So just you fucking let me get there. Yeah. So you got the hickory. Yep, the old hickory stick. Okay, you got the hickory stick. You did a few practice swings. You t- look at the catcher for some reason. We're but we're buds. Okay, you look at the catcher. You nod at the catcher, and yep. then you then you swallow the entirety <laughs> of your fucking dip spit. You swallow the whole plug. You don't need just, that energy. You just swallow the plug. Okay, need that nicotine coursing through the old veins. <laughs> okay, and then you look at the pitcher. No old throw boy, <laughs> a dusty old throw boy. You glance at the dusty old throw boy, and he's yep. probably he's probably got wide eyes right now and because he, he's like, wait, did that dude just swallow his jaw? <laughs> He shakes his head once. Yep. He shakes his head again, and I like look around. I'm like, is he shaking his head at me? <laughs> the catcher's like, no, we're we're doing a thing. Oh, and I'm like, okay, okay, all right, all right. So the throw boy. All right. So now we're up in the moment. You got your hickory stick. Yep. Your jaws and your is is digesting. <laughs> yeah. And, and that then, energy is coursing through. That my energy veins. is coursing through your veins. You've done your practice swings. You're ready. The crowd is what? distracted mostly okay. they're it's like looking hot. at their watches they're looking at the program okay but the throw boy he's locked in now right i'm first batter up too so it's not bases loaded there's no one else on base this is the first inning yeah and we're no 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 it's like the seventh inning but we're down by like eight okay but there's no one on base okay so we're okay so we're looking at bottom of the seventh yeah it's bottom of the seventh down by eight yep no runners on base. Nope. You just swallowed your chaw. Yep. And you're probably going to hit a triple. Yeah. And then that old flying leather comes down the, the breezeway to me and I, I crack it. I get a solid crack <laughs> on it. Yep. Goes out mid left field. Okay. The fielder loses it in the sun. Mm-hmm. Bounces off the big the green board. Man, I think is how you say that. The catch man. Yeah. Bounces off that sweet green board in the back. Mm-hmm. He fumbles it. He's now he's panicked. He mm-hmm. he throws it wide, goes over the third baseman's head, bounces towards home. Mm-hmm. I'm rounding second base. Ooh. That is okay. Catcher grabs it, mm-hmm. but we're buds. We're all buds. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he wants he he wouldn't mind seeing me get a, a triple. Okay. Here. Yeah, he's happy for you. Yeah, good. So he kind of uh, he waits a second. Okay. Before he hammers it to third base. Yeah. Diving slide. <laughs> that sweet cleat hits 
third base right before that ball gets caught by the third baseman. Mr. Three. Big three. Yep. Safe. Safe. Yep. And what does this have to do with um, what's happening now in our podcast about the Babysitter's Club? I honestly can't remember. Okay. Oh, triple. It's yeah. <laughs> it's my Abby's tight 20. Yeah. <laughs> my tearful moment and my burn of the week. All right, let's hear it. This is at the end of the book. Abby and Anna have made up. They've come to terms with the fact that Anna is going through something that Abby can't. Um, and Abby just has to to live with that. And she can be supportive without being overbearing. Okay. We'll always be twins, Anna said seriously. And I'm glad of that. We have our differences, though. You have to try to remember that. It isn't fair that you have to go through this alone, I said. You go through asthma by yourself, Anna reminded me. That's different. It's not different, she insisted. She was right. Okay, from now on, I'll stop trying to do everything for you. I promise. I do have one request, Anna said, draping her arm across my shoulder. Anything, I replied as we headed towards the refreshment booth. You name it. Could we go to the mall tomorrow and exchange those clothes you bought me? You really hate them, huh? They're the worst. (laughs) I laughed and sighed. Some people have no taste. And... Could you grow your hair back, please? That cut looks much better on me, Anna added, grinning. I know what you mean. You just don't have the face for wearing your hair long like me. (laughs) I have the cheekbones to carry it off. You don't. Anna punched me playfully in the arm. We have the exact same cheekbones. So, just to tick this off, and I want to make sure, because this podcast is about truth. Yep. And we want to have our genuine reactions recorded for posterity and for our audience. When you read that passage, Tanner, Mm, mm -hmm. and tell me this is the case, you laughed at the comedy. Yep. You were outraged and your testosterone was engaged by the burn. Um, that's not, I don't think that's the way I think about burns. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I think about it. No, I think of it like, it was a funny joke, and then it was also like, Abby really dunked on Anna with that cheekbones thing. Uh-huh. So you felt schadenfreude. All right, so let's start again. Yeah. You laughed at the comedy. Right. But you, at the same time as you were feeling mirth, you were also feeling schadenfreude, as a German uh, I said. guess. I feel like you're trying to get this to fit into a clean bucket, but I just appreciate a good dunking on. Okay, fine. That's what. That's literally the American way of saying schadenfreude. And you also cried all at once? Yeah, for the touching okay. uh, twin sister. Can you, before I do my tearful moment, apparently I have to do all of it at once, tearful moment, tight 20, and burn the week. Can you, you did your tight 20. Okay, fine, it tearful was, moment. Do you remember it was, oh, you probably okay. forgot because it was I remember so it. bad and boring. I remember it. Yep. So before I do my tearful moment and my burn of the week somehow at once, can you give me a, an approximation of what it felt like to laugh, experience schadenfreude, and cry at the same time? What was the noise that you made? God, that's fucking terrifying. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. Thank you for that. Okay. It was something like that. All right. You know what? I think I'm going to skip my tearful moment. 
But I'm going to do my burn of the week, which is also this week. Tanner, my. Mr. Gray will see you now. Alan Gray will see you now. <laughs> I have one, too. It's that Alan Gray's mom is Linda Gray, and she's in this book, Dr. Linda Gray. <laughs> this book is dedicated to Alan Gray's mom, Dr. Linda Gray. That is not my Alan Gray will see you now. And for new baby bees, we are not going to tell you why you're bees, but we are going to tell you that Alan Gray will see you now is our hottest, most sizzling new segment wherein we describe what Alan Gray was up to this week. With a little bit of Fifty Shades of Grey kind of sprinkled over the top. Yeah, the main gist of this segment is that Alan Gray is some kind of sex pervert. My tastes are very singular. No. Who has a playroom where he does interesting and no. upsetting sexual acts. That's not, no, that's the main gist of Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, 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 okay. From which this segment draws some of its mojo. Okay. Um, but this is actually just what BSC character Alan Gray did this week. Okay. That's it? We just talk about what Alan Gray did? Yeah. That's the segment. And it's often weird kinky sex. No, it's not. It's actually not at all. Oh. It never is. That's Christian Gray? That's Christian Gray. Okay. Yeah. And it's not Ugh. weird. It's just not what you're used sorry, to. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Not weird. Right. But Alan Gray will see you now. Okay. In the form of what I read to you, which is my burn of the week this week. This is uh, Abby talking about Anna. I spotted her coming down the hall toward my locker. Before she reached me, Alan Gray came barreling into the hall from a classroom. Not looking where he was going at all, he smashed right into Anna. Oh no! I cried. Rushing towards her as Anna bounced into the lockers, flailed her arms for balance, and slid down to the floor her books scattering everywhere. I'm okay, I'm okay, said Anna. Whoa, Alan gasped, reaching out to help pull Anna up. Sorry, I didn't see you. I'm glad that didn't hurt you, but man, that hurt me. You must have hard bones. Either that or you're wearing metal underwear. She's wearing a brace. You know what? We well, didn't on. explore last uh, time we I talked about get, this. I didn't finish it, though. Maybe she has adamantium bones. Oh, that actually does make sense. Maybe this whole scoliosis thing is just like a deep conspiracy, and they've brought her to the Weapon X program and injected her with adamantium. Baby Nation, that's neither my burn nor my Alan Gray will see you now. We're going to put a pin in it because this adamantium bones angle is pretty interesting. Let me read you another passage that supports that. Okay. How can we shovel snow when there's no snow? Christy muttered glowering out the window at the sky. Come on, cooperate! Snow! She commanded the heavy gray clouds. Wouldn't you know it, when Christy says go, even the clouds jump to action. Christy can control the weather like storm. Christy can control the weather like storm. And Anna has adamantium bones like Wolverine. Baby Nation, we're talking about the X-Men now, and this is it for the rest of the episode, so buckle in. (laughs) Um... Trying to think if there's any other parallels. That might be it for now. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and unbuckle. All right, Baby Nation, unbuckle now, and I'm going to finish reading my Burn of the Week slash Alan Gray will see you now. Ready for that? Yes. 
Metal underwear? The words rang in my head like an alarm. How could he say such a thing? Take your hands off her, I shouted, ripping Alan's hand out of Anna's. It was just an accident, Alan protested. Just get away from my sister, I told him angrily. Abby, Anna gasped. Stop it. You watch your fat mouth, Alan Gray, I cried. You're nuts, Abby, Alan said, backing away. Completely gone. That's what I want you to be. I shouted at him. Completely gone. That's good. That's good. And that made you feel enraged and filled with testosterone? Yeah, and at the same time, kind of sexy, like I'm being led into a fun playroom. Weird, sexy dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, is this where you keep your Xbox and stuff? Um, Are we role-playing? Yeah. Yes, but also <laughs> a bed and where we do... Sex and I tie you to it. Can we mostly just do the Xbox? Um, what games do you have? Overwatch. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Jack, that was your Alan Gray. We'll yeah. see you now. That was your burn of the week. You mentioned Christy. Mm-hmm. You mentioned her ability to manipulate the weather. Mm-hmm. That was a very fun joke. Mm-hmm. Baby Nation, Jack was just making a fun joke. These girls are not X Men. No. We are having a little fun. Yeah. But there is some concerning stuff about weather this week that I would like to discuss with you, if we can, really quickly. Please. I think since we have entered the dark timeline, mm-hmm. Anne has regained control of these girls. She's regained control of this timeline. We're talking about Amber Theory here, mm-hmm. which is the theory that in book 10 of the Bright Timeline... Logan likes Marianne. Logan likes Marianne. Um, Will Smith's character no, let's was not, just we, probably like an up-and-coming police officer at that time. I think time. we just leave that part. People get that. They've seen the movie. Okay. Okay. But in the Sitterverse, Anne f- froze these girls, trapped them in, in amber, stopped time, right. kept them from aging. Made them but, permanently repeat the same year over and over again, as she describes in a happy reading section, a quote-unquote happy reading section at the end of that book. Over the course of 89 books, they begin to uh, push against those boundaries right. and and start to rediscover time. A big reason I think that we're in the Dark Universe now is so Anne could regain some of that control. Mm-hmm. And I think she has pushed that agenda even further this week. Okay. And I would like to read a passage, if I may. Please. This is the day of the Winter Carnival, and it has not snowed in several days. And the girls are convinced that they're just going to have to call call off the whole carnival. When they arrived, everyone was milling about by the barn. Claudia and Mallory were kneeling just inside the open barn door, working on a sign to tell people the carnival wasn't going to happen. Hey, what was that? Charlotte asked as she and Stacy walked towards the others. What was what? Stacy asked. Something just landed on my nose. Then Stacy felt it too. Gazing up, she noticed tiny, almost invisible bits of snow blowing in the air. Hey, snow! Nikki Pike shouted. Everyone turned their face upward to see it. The flakes were so light, so invisible almost, that no one dared to feel too excited. Still, Claudia and Mallory stopped making their sign. What do you think? Claude asked Christy. It'll probably stop soon, Christy replied cautiously. In minutes, though, the flakes grew thicker and began falling faster. I think this is real snow, Marianne said, hopefully. And it was real snow. Mm -hmm. And Stony Brook was blanketed that day, and the winter festival went on. 
But Jack, did you notice that the girls, unlike you and I, mm-hmm. it just snowed here in New York last week, and it snowed about 10 inches, and then the next day all melted. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, is we knew that shit was coming. Right, because you looked at the weather report. We looked at the weather report. We looked at the forecast. You put your finger in the wind. I think Anne has stripped these girls and the rest of the, the citizens of Stony Brook in the Dark Universe of the ability to see into the future at all. They can't predict the weather anymore. They've lost the ability to scry in any sense. Or to haruspicate? Or haruspicate, sure. It's just that I rarely get to use that word. No future sight allowed. Right. Anne is cracking down. She doesn't want these girls even thinking about the future. Well, does that make sense with the fact that morbid destiny no longer exists in this universe? That the witch who could both haruspicate and scry is banned from this particular universe and is just a normal woman next door named Mrs. Porter? Right, exactly. She's not banned. She's just lost her ability to do that because Anne has... she When she reset the simulation, she was she went to that parameter and she was like... Ability to scry and yeah. change it from yes to no. That makes a ton of fucking sense. And now weather is unpredictable. Everything's unpredictable. Meetings are unpredictable. No one can haruspicate. Right. Good use. And it makes sense with what has happened to Claudia, right? Claudia can't look forward anymore. She can only look backwards. She goes backwards in time. She's in the seventh grade now. I assume if she's punished again for attempting to reach beyond her years or look into the future, she'll be sent to the sixth grade. That's what Anne does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and she'll have no idea how she got there or why. She'll think like, wasn't I in the seventh grade at some point? But it won't make sense to her because there's no there's no looking forward here. There's no, there's no future sight. There's no looking forward. And let me read you something, Tanner, that ties together everything that you've been saying, both related to the weather in particular and the fact that these women are trapped forever in amber by Anne Matthews Martin for her own nefarious purposes. I want to read to you first from a book that I'm certain you are familiar with uh, as a man of letters. Is it Richard III? Because I don't think (laughs) I've read it. No, it's not Richard III. You're an educated man, are you not? I went to college. Okay. And but for for film, you would describe yourself, would you not, as a man of letters? Um, sure, I okay. am a man of letters. Okay, thank you. There, I've done it. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've read this book. It's called Dawn's Big Date. Dong? Dawn. I said Dawn. Dawn's, Dawn's Big Date. Dawn's Big Date. Yes, I recall it. It is Louis Bruno, Logan's cousin from mm-hmm. Louisville. Mm-hmm. Comes to town, yeah, and gets with Dawn. Yeah, and you say you went to college for film. What did you read this shit in your spare time? I read it for this podcast. You're what we call a polydidact. <laughs> this novel, Dawn's Big Date. I'm going to read you a passage from Dawn's Big Date, and then I'm going to read you a passage from this book, and it's going to tie everything that we've been talking about together. Are you ready, sir? Yes. This is from Dawn's Big Date, Babysitters Club Number Fifty. It snowed the day I went to sit for the hills. It's winter again, as it always is in Stony Brook. It snowed the day I went to sit for the hills. Although I detest the cold weather, I do like snow, at least while it's falling. It makes everything so pretty and clean looking. I feel as if I'm in one of those glass balls. You know, the kind that you shake 
and snow swirls around a plastic house. A scrying ball? A sc- yeah. A like sc- a crystal ball? Yes, a scrying ball. Or do you think she means a snow globe? I think she might mean a snow globe. Ah, uh, okay. You know, the kind that you shake, and snow swirls around a plastic house or snow Oh, yeah. Globe. No, that's probably what she means. Yeah, that's a snow globe. Yeah. Well, have you ever held a scrying ball? I don't know. I've held a lot of balls. I don't know which of them <laughs> okay, are. Good. All right, fine. Snow check. <laughs> Can I... Come on. <laughs> Can I... Is there any way I could finish reading this sentence? <laughs> you said it. I meant sports balls. <laughs> okay, please. Can I finish reading this passage? Yes. I, I really wanted to finish reading this, and I've got a lot that I want to tie together. And then you said, I've held a lot of balls. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I meant sports balls, and I'm not sure if any of them scried or not. Okay, fine. You know, says Dawn, the kind that you shake, and snow swirls around a plastic house or snowman. That's not the kind of balls you're used to holding. <laughs> I looked down at my black wool gloves and saw individual snowflakes that had fallen on them. They were beautiful. Okay, fast forward to now. We're back in the dark timeline. Let me read you a passage from this novel, Abby's Twin. Please. It must have been around that time that she called me from Marianne's kitchen phone. Come over right now if you're feeling better, she said. We're having so much fun. As I listened... I glanced out the window at the swirling snow. Everything looked as if it were inside one of those glass snow globes. Huh. Huh. So maybe Anne has created a pocket universe, and all of these girls are now trapped in a big snow globe. I think that the snow globe is a perfect encapsulation of exactly what's happened to these women. You see the winter world outside you, and it looks like the weather changes, right? And it looks like it's something you can predict. You lo- you stick your finger in the air, and the wind is blowing in a certain way, and you say, oh, maybe it's going to snow. But in fact, in this world— You're at the whims of some some divine presence who decides to pick up your world and shake it around. And shake it around. Make it snow. Which is exactly what's happened with the darkest timeline. And picked up their world and shook it around. And it's also this world that is completely contained. It seems like their scenery is changing, right? The, the flakes settle in a different way. But right. it's always the same fucking snow globe. It's the same characters. They never age. It's the same plastic house or snowman. Right. Terrifying. And that's why Anne is so worried about them trying to predict the weather. Because if they look into the future and predict the weather... They're going to notice anomalies. They're going to notice that the weather has nothing to do with what they see. It is completely at the whim of whoever is shaking their world around. And that's, that's the Anne. first step. Thinking about the weather in this pocket universe is the first step to becoming the hand that shakes. Right. And Anne cannot give up that control. Can we add this to her list of epithets? Add it to the, the hand that shakes. The hand that shakes. Wow. That's good. Looks like we discovered another one. Anne M. Martin, the hand that shakes. Woo! Tanner, before we get out of here, I would like to indulge in one final very fast segment. Please. And I don't have to do anything, nor do Karis! Okay. Could you come in here, please? Karis? Is she here? She's setting up. One moment. Karis. Come on, Karis. We've been... And go. We've been like... Jack, Jack, Jack. Okay. She's going? She's going.
And I said, uh, uh, swallow me down. Uh, uh, that's, that's that, that love and sound. This is a hit segment of Baby Nation that's called Swallow You Into the Dark. It is where we talk about the deranged creations on the covers of these novels by Babysitter's Club art director Hodges Swallow. This week, we've got a cover that looks pretty straightforward, but definitely did not happen in this novel. Tanner, would you like to describe it for us? There are two young women standing with their backs towards us. One is wearing a green shirt. She has chin-length curly brown hair. One is wearing a white shirt and loud pants. Mm -hmm. She has mid-back length curly brown hair. Uh, They're faced away from us. The one in the green shirt has her arm around the one in the yellow shirt and vice versa. In front of them is two other women. Mm -hmm. The one on the left is wearing a green shirt, uh, chin length brown curly hair. The one on the right is wearing a yellow shirt, loud pants, Mm -hmm. uh, mid-back length curly brown hair. It would appear at first glance as though the two women on the left were the two women on the right looking into a reflection in a mirror. But if you look closely, it is very clear that the women on the right are standing higher up than the women women on the left. left. And I would direct you to the cryptic message that Hodges has left for us, which always carries a little bit of extra meaning and which says, in this case... Being twins mm -hmm. means a lot more than just looking alike. Right. You cannot just look together. Oh, he means... So he means... He doesn't mean that they appear the same. No, that's looking like... That's the obvious first meaning. Looking alike is when two people look like each other. He means that they are observing... Right. In the same way. In the same way. So you can't just look in the same way. When you're looking into the mirror universe, which these women are doing, which is a scene, Tanner, I will ask you to corroborate, did not happen in this book. Did not happen in this book. If you want to look into the mirror universe, you're going to have to look differently. That's what Hodges is telling us to do. Hodges, you maniac. You should have put Will Smith and Joel Egerton in there. It would have really made this cover pop. It might have been a little much. But Baby Nation, we're going to leave you there. We're going to leave you there. We've already recorded now three hours of fucking audio for this book. (laughs) Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. Yes. Okay, good. We're going to make it very quick. I've been Tanner Greenring. He's been Jack Shepard. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and iTunes. Please do all those things. It really helps our numbers. If you haven't yet, please tell a friend about the show. This week, we read book number 104, Abby's Twin. Next week, we are reading book 105, Stacy the Math Whiz. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Uh, that we can save this for the outtakes, but the only thing that I realized midway through that we covered last time, yeah, that we didn't cover this time, was the snow golem. 
Oh yeah, that's good stuff. And yeah. I looked forward to a career of confusing Snow Stacy oh, and no. real life Stacy. Yeah. That- is just now lost to the sands of time. Baby Nation, this is probably an outtake at this point after the credits, but Claudia builds an entire snowman that looks so startlingly like Stacy that it confuses people. That's not possible. You can't do that. <laughs> and we had this whole thing where Stacy was now, there's two Stacys. One is a snow golem, one is the regular Stacy. Yeah. And we were, for the next 30 books, we were going to constantly mix them up, but it's too late. Too late. What a loss. Fuck this book. I hope you're enjoying it over in the fucking mirror universe. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>